The Burger Click Productions 15 Minutes of Fame podcast features bass master Josh from the Albany bass surf band, The Jagaloons. Here's their track, Gangsters. Hey, what's up, dude? Yeah, just uh, chilling. Everybody just busy, you know. I'm trying to get get shit going on, get to band practice, and uh, trying to start something new again. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Nice. Well, I won't. Uh, I won't keep you for too long. But so, that's cool. We got time. I ain't in a rush. So how about this? Well, we can go right into this because I think your levels look good on my end. So, uh, so yeah. Formalities aside, I have a very special human. Uh, for some reason, you're joining me again. I, I don't know why you agreed to do this, but I appreciate it. Uh, it's well from the Jagaloons. Um, so, so before we go into this, so you, are you are you at liberty to discuss what new things? you're working towards or is that still kind of on the back 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 burner uh jag stuff we're doing we're, we're doing good man we're doing some new things we uh we had a super secret there was a super secret compilation that we're on that just came out and uh it was only super secret because we didn't know any details <laughs> it was like hey i guess we're recording this song for this comp and we don't know nothing about it i guess the backstory about that is um, was that the russian comp yeah, so the, I think I don't know if we talked about this last time or not. Briefly, but, um, briefly. Yeah, briefly. so turns out our comrades in Russia, you know, reached out and said, "Hey, man, you know, we're doing this comp, and uh, it's going to be classical. You have to pick a composer from right. your country." Right. And I like, go, oh, "That's cool." The United States has been around for what two hundred years, and we have like three composers, maybe. And you can't, and they wouldn't let us do like. Uh, anything cool like um you couldn't do like a phil specter kind of thing where it's like he composed all the ronette shit or whatever like no no no, no, you guys can't do that yeah we want to do like you know the peewee herman shit you know it's like (laughs) they wouldn't let us do any of that so i'm like oh these guys are no fun you know serious russians of course go go figure in the winter you know go figure uh, figure. well that's cool We'll, we'll adapt you know so our drummer jeff is actually a real musician unlike the rest of us and he's like i know tons of composers and shit we're like what so uh, we picked this Aaron Copeland song called Appalachian Spring, and we did a little surf thing on it. It's, you know, it's a couple of riffs. It's kind of interesting. It's something fun. And we had no hopes or aspirations of this thing ever coming out because our comrades, uh, th- there's a lot lost in translation. So we're like, this is going into God knows where. It'll probably never come out. It'll probably be, but lo and behold, we get a, a message from them saying, hey, uh, <laughs> your own label, your own record label is putting this out like in a week. Oh, like, no shit. Oh. Shit, cool. So it came out, I think, on Bandcamp Friday last week, mm-hmm. and it's got like 30-something tracks of different bands from all over the globe doing crazy classical songs, and uh, I've listened to about half of it at this point, and there's some really good shit on there, and I'm like, oh, this is impressive, you know? So I would highly uh, encourage everybody to check that out. It, I can't remember the name of the comp, <laughs> but if you go to uh, Sharawaji Records uh, Bandcamp, uh, 
Sharwaji's like S H A R A W A J I, somewhat something like that. Right. Uh, you'll find it. It, I, it might be up at our band camp. I don't know. But anyway, it's cool. Our song's cool. It's out there. It's, I, we might have a link to it on our Facebook or something. It's uh, it's awesome. I, it was a good it was a good learning experience to try and take some sort of like ten minute classical song and break it down to like a two and a half three minute surf song. So it was cool. It was fun. Did you uh did you, so how did you guys translate that like did you do was it like a multi part or a multi movement fucking piece? Uh, you don't guess. even know. You probably don't even know, right? <laughs> no, that's what Jeff was there for. Okay, He's like yeah. here's what we should do. I said, cool. Let's let's discuss it at practice. Why don't you tell us everything about it and tell us what we're playing? And uh, so we came through with like ninety percent of it, and we came up with the rest of it together and just kind of banged it out. And you know, and even we were tooling around things right up to recording time and it was kind of a crunch and we are the only u.s band on it so oh, god bless america everybody. yeah fuck yeah so i i actually i wanted to ask you about uh sharwaji records so if i'm not mistaken you are bandmates or label or label mates i guess is a uh, more correct term with the underwater bosses from syracuse is that correct yeah so, yeah yeah yeah. good dude, dudes dude so did that did the label find you or did you just, because I, I personally don't know anything about the label, and you guys and those guys are the only people that I know on that label. So walk me through. Did you get a random email or a letter, like, from this label at one point, or someone just say, hey, man, we got this label, well, you, you should know, jump let's, on let's it. Let's get the, nobody just, you know, we, we've had a, we had a multinational bidding war for the Jagaloons, so let's get that right <laughs> out of the bat. We are very in high demand for our debut album, sure. you know, like, sure. the word, uh, a couple of shows we played before, uh, and our demos is spread around the globe faster than the coronavirus. And fuck, lo and behold, we have people knocking down our doors. So, Sharwaji, I don't know what the hell that means or how to even say it or spell it. Fuck it, we're in. Um, you boy. got us. <laughs> so I think the real way we got on was that um, we had a record. Hmm. Um, we had played with the band Tsunami Bots, who, by the way, are awesome. They uh, are robots, and you should check them out. They're super surfy rock and roll. Uh, just a great band. I don't. We play with them in Vermont, or they play with us here, I, whatever. So we became friends with them, and then I think we end up playing with Underwater Bosses, who are also really good. And I think just through the grapevine, I was like, hey man, uh, the dude Mike who runs Sharwaji's like legit. Send him your stuff. He's gonna really like it. And, you know, if he turns it down, who cares? What's another no? We got a right, million no's, right, yeah. you know? It's the, the way of everybody's life at this point, you know? So, dude, Mike, you know, got back to me. He said, I love it. I'm going to put it out. We're like, oh, fuck, this is cool. So we probably owe a lot of thanks to uh, the Tsunami Bots and Underwater Bosses. And both, you know, Underwater Bosses out of Syracuse, basically. Mm. And Tsunami Bots are out of Vermont. And um, there's, you know, weird random surf bands. on. The, I mean, He's got a ton of bands. I highly recommend just to check out the label. They're all really good. I mean, it's remarkable. It's just, Surf World's kind of small, and all the good bands being on one label is actually really convenient. So I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> well, what's What I find very uh, moderately interesting, but also severely disturbing, so Sharwaji has essentially created a Bermuda Triangle of surf bands between Vermont, Albany, and Syracuse. I mean, that is a triangle. So... Very interesting. I wonder if that was intentional with like the nautical thing, surf rock, all that bullshit. Anyway, well, I think it was very intentional because if you, if you know anything about your uh, you know your conspiracies and your you know your ins and your outs and your otherworldly things, I'll have you know some of that center of that part of that triangle is the area of Whitehall, New York, where the, the Bigfoot lives. So yes. uh, I think it was done on purpose, and I think we were. I'm glad we were the final piece in that puzzle because. <laughs> 
I, I feel like we're bringing it all together and we're opening the portal into another dimension for Bigfoot to come and go as, as they please. And uh, we're here for it. Here, here, I'll even add an additional uh, aspect to that. So Burlington runs right through Lake Champlain. So you also have a cryptic tie-in with, or a cryptid tie-in with fucking Champy up there too. Yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, there's no doubt about it. We got a lot of shit going on. We, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, oddly enough, my friend just texted me uh, a video. He's at the he was at the Travis Walton abduction site out there in uh, fucking Arizona, New Mexico or Arizona, where the hell Travis yeah. Walton got abducted. Forgive my ignorance. I'm just spitting here but uh i was like wow that's pretty awesome so uh, that was cool so we're all in this uh you know whole uh you just gotta free your mind and open your third eye brother oh yeah oh yeah now i i wanted to as, as we'll do a fun i want to i had this question specifically set aside for you i know we had to push things back reschedule all that bullshit but here we are today if you had the option to choose to rework three television theme show, th- television theme songs to the tune of the Jagaloons, which themes would you choose? And it doesn't have to be in any order, just three TV themes that it's like you walked into practice and you're like, we're doing all three of these. Which would the you first choose? One, the first one's The Simpsons. That comes right to mind real quick. Of I course. don't know why. It makes sense, right? So, mm-hmm. um, Oh God, uh, TV shows uh, with The Office that might be a good one. Sure, I don't know. Fuck, Seinfeld wouldn't be a good one. But I'm trying to think of some weird, like iconic uh, TV show themes. So let's see if I can find a deep cut. Um, well, Seinfeld would be way too much work for you. That would be a, yeah, I mean, that would be annoying. Like I'd have to learn how to play bass for one, <laughs> so that would be real annoying. Learn how to slap bass and all that shit. <laughs> Jeez, deep cut. You know, like you, you're thinking, like your Twilight Zones are pretty basic. You know, uh, you know. Fuck. Um, man, how about Ducktales? That's a classic okay. theme song. That's a good one. It's very catchy. Ducktales, I think, is awesome. I would see if I had if I had a request, I would love to hear you guys rework like the A Team. Like, oh, that's a good one. I that's a, that's could, a really good one. I think you could boil that down into something because I know there's horns and fucking orche- orchestral shit. In yeah, that. yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. That could be good. You guys got the. You, you, I, I think you guys can make something like that interesting. Two guitarists, bassist, drum. Yeah, I mean, you guys got the got the works now. I wanted to ask you about the live stream you guys did with WAMC at the Performing Arts Center at the Linda, right? Now, we watched it at home. We made some lasagna, drank tequila. It was fucking great. Now, you had some specific additions for that set, including an additional percussion player, some sax, um, combined with some killer props. Walk me through from a high level. Just walk me through the, the prep for that show. Who helped put together those fucking awesome decorations? And I believe the sax player was your guitarist child. Was that right? Yeah, Kurt. Uh, Kurt, uh, the main the main guy, the lead guitar player. Kevin is a son. He plays sax. So he's uh, on our debut record. I think he's on three or four songs. Just ripping sax. I mean, kid's a natural sax player. It just it works. We're like, hey man. So I mean, you know, typical father-son shit where it's like mm-hmm. you know you hang out with your dad with fucking lame-ass surf man but it's, uh, <laughs> that was cool uh the percussion player the drummer jeff's brother brian he uh he's a wicked good drummer and uh we lucked into being him having him sit in uh, a couple shows with us here and there and 
uh, for a live stream, it, it works out, man. He's just pounding away on drums and percussion and smart dude. It's like super fun to like hang out and have the, uh, we like to call them the auxiliary Jags, the aux Jags, uh, sit in with us. I mean, I, I love the more the merrier, man. I, I want like 10 people up there. I want a whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, so those guys came and, you know, filled in on some parts and, you know, we worked some things just for something to do. I mean, you know, you know, live shows going on now and, yeah, and then so with the backdrop, we had some crazy fucking like worms or something with giant eyeballs, and it's just stuff we made at my house. And you know, my wife did all that. She's just talented. Uh, somebody has to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, pyramids, you know, just weird shit. It's like, oh, it's like we just look like a bunch of idiots up there. Nobody wants to see that. So at least the background would be something <laughs> cool to look at, you know. Everything sounded really good. I was impressed with whatever, like you know, mixing and shit they were doing on the fly. Because oh yeah, they're pro there, man. It's it's like that's like heavy duty pro sound dudes. And uh, Carl and oh god, I'm gonna, oh man, I think it's Ben. I'm gonna murder myself later for forgetting his name. But super cool dudes, um, super smart dudes. They know what they're doing. Now, you guys obviously, I, I've seen you now a, a few times, both virtually and all that shit, but also in person. And I, I wanted to get your opinion. What do you think? What do you think fans miss out the most on when they have to stream a show, a Jagaloon show, versus seeing you guys in person? What 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 do what do those people miss out on? They probably miss out on me berating them, and <laughs> like, I, and I was like super nervous. It was like you know you're playing to nobody virtually, and right. it's like you know you got the couple camera guys, and you know it's 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 fine, whatever. I don't I don't care. We're in a surf band. It's not like we have hundreds of thousands of fans at a show anyway. So, <laughs> but like you know, without the live experience of I can't look somebody in the eye and stare them down and just you know berate them and make fun of them and but so i was kind of sober that night and i was just oh. like all right this is cool uh we're going to sound good so <laughs> but uh so the live shows a little more free and easy going you know party party with everybody it's a party you know mm-hmm. yeah and now when when and if things well i guess i should say more being more uh uh, uh positive about it when things come back around full circle and we are able to do things even if it's just like you know, outside to begin with. Um, and he talks about, you know, dropping in, you know, that, that sax player kind of in, in a larger capacity or yeah, I think it, he comes and goes, man. It's like, sometimes he's like, Hey man, I'm going to play with you. It's like, cool. Come on in. Um, Bongo Steve is another guy who plays with uh swing and palms, the Hawaiian band. Mm-hmm. He just sometimes will just show up and have bongos like, dude, come on, just sit up here and play, man. Let's go. So, uh, when the Ox Jags can make the show, they'll, they'll make it. And if they can't, they can't. We just we move on. And I like having them because it's just something a little special, you know? It definitely, it fills things out, right? Because, like, yeah. obviously, and, and that's the one thing that I've noticed the difference between, like, you and even, like, your fucking, like, someone on your label, for Underwater Bosses, they have tracks where they sing. It's only a couple yes. of them, a handful of them, but you guys are all instrumental. So, like, I can imagine having that added little, like, fucking nuance of shit, whether it's percussion, whether it's sax. It, it just, it builds everything. High tide raises yeah, just, all boats type shit, right? Yeah, depth and layers, man. Exactly. Depth and layers. Exactly. Now, speaking of depths and layers, do you personally have any bands that you've listened to as you've gotten older different types of music that you've listened to if you've gotten older that if you literally took a time machine back and told your high school self hey i'm listening to blank right now you'd either get punched in the face or fucking laughed at you got anything like that 
Jesus, I was. <laughs> I, yes and no. I mean, so we put a cover record out, and I think Sharwaji, we put it out on CD ourselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so Sharwaji, I think, is releasing that on vinyl at some point. So oh, I mean, no shit. Uh, yeah, so maybe that's a surprise. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know anything. Uh, but um, I mean, fuck, we covered Lady Gaga on that, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I enjoy a well-crafted pop song. In my younger punker days, I'd be like, "What an asshole," you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, as I get older, I can I can appreciate some musicianship and a purely crafted pop song is just like this ain't so bad. Now I was on listen listen to the radio lately for whatever reason and. Uh, fucking cardi b like there's some good like some of that shit is really good i'm like Mm. man this is really done well and i'm like all right this is cool i mean in my younger days i I wasn't too much of a rap guy my best friend growing up like i was into punk and he was into rap and we kind of just traded off i mean fucking anthrax public enemy all Mm -hmm. that shit in the early days it's like you know i wasn't like rap sucks but i was like i'm too punk but there's some cool shit you know so um you know some of that shit i guess trying to think like there's anything laughable that i would think mostly pop shit because i hated pop shit growing up like this shit sucks mm-hmm. and i give it a chance or some like even some tunes like my parents list to i'm like this shit's whack man this is dumb this is lame and now i'm like all right kenny rogers is a gambler is a fucking banger it's cool man i get it you know it's like yeah <laughs> See, part of that is, too, it's like, I'm sure some of it is just like, you know, you continue to listen to stuff, you continue to write, like, you can continue to play your music so you can kind of recognize, like, it's kind of that thing, yeah. like, real recognizes real, right? It's Yeah, like, basically, yeah. You know, so, like, and some of that, I wonder if it's just, like, you're worn down, like, you've heard it so much, like, forever. And that's that's just like, also some of it, I think, too. It's just like, <laughs> all right, it's like a, it's like an old shoe, nice morning shoe. You're like, well, you know what, I fuck, I, <laughs> I used to hate these shoes. They're so comfortable, I guess can't throw them out. So just <laughs> shit like that, I guess, sometimes. Uh, that's funny. So very, very briefly, uh, give me your hot take. We did this last time. What are the Mets looking like going into 2021? Oh, fucking NL East. You know what? Ah, man, I, are I you going to call it, Are you going to call it right now? Are you going to call it right I'm, now? I'd say NL East champs to start, and then National League champs and fucking World Series bound. Who's going to stop us? I mean, there's a couple teams that could. But I also like our depth, our, our rotation. So long as everybody's healthy, can stay right up there in the best of a three, five-game series. Uh, our bullpen is always going to be scary, and our defense is always going to be scary. Mm-hmm. So uh, it could be like a 2015 thing. We're going to run, and you know, bullpen and defense kills us in the long run. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty fucking good, man, going into this year. You know, we got a hell of a rotation. The bullpen's strong. We got. You know, fucking Lindor at home shortstop down, disgusting, which is awesome. Disgusting. Uh, you know, I, I'm a little bummed we didn't sign George Springer. To be honest with you, I still think we could have used him, but uh, no DH is kind of going to kill us a little bit here and there. Lots of uh, moving parts and pieces and strategery, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, manager's going to have his hands full. But I'm, I'm, I'm hyped, man. Life just sucks so bad with baseball. I'm like, this shit sucks. It's like. It was bad. Yeah, it was laughable, man. dude. I mean, like, and it sucks because, like, I know the players. Like, some of them were really into it. They're trying to salvage it the best they could. But when, when you, when you slice away so many games and you take away, you use the word strategery or whatever. Like, the whole for me, why, that's why I love baseball. It's because yeah, it's, it's strategic. like I like the long. Yes. I like the whole long season. I mean, could it be ten games shorter? Yeah, fine. But sixty games. I'm like, by the time everybody gets in their zone, it's like, oh, season's over. Yeah. Like, oh, cool, I guess. You know. Well, not only in their zones, but th- talk about fucking like injuries 
Yeah. It's like you 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 think like okay, you know, someone goes on the injured injured reserve or whatever, like oh, it's you know, ten day. It's like, well, it's not ten days. It's longer than fucking ten calendar yeah. days. You know, it's ne- it's never just that. So like, I don't know. I'm I I think my own personal thing. I think the one team. I know you mentioned a couple teams in the NL. I think the big team, and I know I mentioned this last year, is the fucking pods, dude. Like they were dude, scary they were last fucked, year. And they, I I love it. I love their their moxie. Good for them. They they want to they want to be the team in the West. Well, the Dodgers are a fucking handful. So good. They got to do something. So good for them, man. And also, fuck Trevor Bauer. <laughs> and I don't care because I didn't want him on the Mets anyway. Like, was like oh, he wants to sell young Warner's like, dude, the guy had one and a half good years his whole fucking career. He's a fucking mental midget. I mean, he's like a little, little nuts. It's just like, all right, dude, you're on the spectrum and no problem with that. Yeah, it's, it's like, fine. Dude, recognize like you're harassing chicks on Twitter and all this shit. It's like, dude, you, you mental patient. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, you know, I, I just don't like his attitude, man. It's like, you know, fuck. Like, you know, uh, it just him and Syndergaard got into a little tit for tat on Twitter. And I was like, man, I wish we played the Dodgers game one. And I wish somebody just beamed Bauer right in his goddamn head. And then we brawled and then let's go get the season underway. But see, the one, you know, we ain't facing them till fucking August. The one thing I will say, and it's very interesting you mentioned that about like just kind of how he's a fucking like head case. The one thing I will say about the Dodgers and not any, not anything against any of those other, I mean, fuck the Dodgers. I mean, personally, right? Rockies, all that shit. But fuck <laughs> yeah, the Dodgers. I mean, you know. The one thing I will say is there's, I think there's common threads with the whole head case thing because, well, okay, you got Joe Kelly, awesome. He's a fucking yeah. hothead. But also fucking Yezel Puig, and that guy's a fucking douche. Like I, I fucking, I love how everybody hates Puig, man. The guy just wants to hit dingers and run and. Uh, the, the whole like f- dude the staring down the pit d- i it's just i get the intimidation thing like i know it's yeah, part of yeah. it but like there's it goes back to the attitude thing the attitude like you're on a team right and, and that's even why i think you have some of these other players like Derek dietrich for example like he went to the reds speaking of former reds with fucking bauer like you and fucking yezel puig i'm pretty sure was also on the reds at one point yeah, as well he was so so you have and and now fucking dietrich's on the yankees like i just there's something to be said for like it, it's good to have a personality it's good even to have an attitude but like when it gets so to the point where it's like you are not part of a team and you're just like hey it's it's the the fucking yazel puig show or it's the fucking bauer show like dude there's four other pitchers in the rotation or whatever you know what i'm saying like the starting rotation like there's you, you got to be cognizant of that shit at some at yeah some point, and uh, i like Puig, man i like these guys i love bad uh, flips. give me bad flips man i love that shit but uh, also like dude you know what, man? You wanna? It, it goes both ways. It's a double-edged sword. You wanna hit a homer and fucking pimp it? Then sure. when you strike out, you fucking better get stared down by the pitcher. And I would fucking give him the old DX suck it, and I'd be like, "Geez, <laughs> bitch, you want some of that? We can go that way." But I want more of that. I'm cool. With, I'm cool with livening this shit up. You know, as long as it goes both ways, nobody gets bent. You know? Yeah. And and that's and that's the thing. Like I know Puig is a I for as much as I dislike him, and and more so, it's just a dislike of the fucking Dodgers franchise to begin with. I'm but, with you. I fuck the Dodgers. Dude, fuck fucking the Dodgers. fair weather fans yeah. too. I mean. I, you know, Kershaw, a great pitcher, chokes in sure. postseason, I, you know, which that poor bastard, I kind of feel bad for him to bump back and all that shit. That dude's phenomenal. It's like, and then, you know, you know the other dudes in the team, and they got Bauer. It's like, like, you don't even need fucking Bauer, but mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, you got the money, you want to win again in a real season, then, yeah, have at it, man. I, I just don't, I'm not into his shtick. I'm not into his Twitter routine. I'm not into him and his agent. The whole, like, branding thing. It's like, dude, I get it, but, man, you just aren't that good. 
No. So much money for a good year and a half. It's like, dude, I was looking at his stats and Marcus Stroman's stats. I'm like, they're eerily similar. I'm like, dude, Stroman got $18 million, uh for the, you know, whatever. It's just like, all right, now $18 million compared to like $40 million or $30 million. Where the Frig Bauer got? I'm like, dude, it's like, you're good. But you're not like above above average. It's like Jesus Christ. Right, right. You're not the Grom, bro. Exactly. And the thing is, and you, I don't even think you can put them in the same fucking category because DeGrom, you can he, he he can at least back it up with numbers. He has yeah. consistent and consistent numbers. I think that's yeah. that's the more important part. There's consistent numbers that back that up. It's not just fucking flash in the pan for a year, a season and a half, and then yeah, that's he had it. one great year with the Indians, a good year, a bunch of mediocre years, and it's just like, all right, dude, and you left out a short season. I mean, who knows what would have happened? But good for you, you got paid and you're doing your thing, and you made a big deal out of it, and whatever. It's just like I'm so done with that clown. It's like good be on the West Coast. I also think you want to come to the Mets because his friend of me, Garrett Cole's in the Yankees, and I, uh. as much as I hate the Yankees, like. Yeah, I don't think I think Bauer's so mental that if he wasn't better than Cole and the papers would be all over him, that mentally he think he could handle it. And I think it was just easier for him to get away and be like, "Oh, I'm going back home." It's like, whatever, man. We're not sleeping tonight, brother. <laughs> it's like good, good fucking riddance, right? Yeah, like, I, it's like I mean, it's like ugh, I'm so done. But you know, I'd like to see him get drilled just for shits and giggles. Oh, he will, he will, especially yeah. especially when he gets up into Colorado, that thin air. Like I know that the lineup with the Rockies isn't what it used to be, fucking a season ago or even two or three years ago. But at this point, it's like still got Trevor Story. He's going to continue to produce Chuck Natsy if he can fucking you know if he can do it and continue to put up numbers. But I don't know. I'm excited. We got we got a Ramiel Tapia. We got a, a a young fucking core. Garrett Hampson, like uh, Greg Bird on first. If that's when of filling in on first like the team is there the pitching is coming around it's just i don't know man fucking it's a yeah, little you're, you're sort of in that no man's land of like getting somewhere and trying to be there already it's like when when you dish nolan arenado to the fucking yeah. cards and pay him money to do so it's kind of like it's what the yeah. fuck next you know yeah <laughs> i mean you know, i mean everybody knew he was gonna go oh uh, yeah mean, he, at some point he was out be the guy and then that's what it is and you know they'll they'll end up you know, hoping these young guys pan out and hopefully filling in blanks, you know, where they need to. Right. It's stepping up right at this point. Um, now for, uh, for I'll send you off. Cause I know you're, you're getting ready to go into practice. Now I wanted to, uh, we'll do it kind of the similar as the way I ended it last time. Now the track Tijuana Sana off the Jags 2019 album ruin the party is great, right? It has elements of surf, like this kind of Herb Alpert and Tijuana brass flair to it. Now, Urban Dictionary says that Tijuana Sana <laughs> is a quote, <laughs> is quote, the muggy and smelly result of the bathroom when you have completed taking a steaming hot shower after you have taken a massive dump. Now, what the fuck would the opposite of a Tijuana shower be, right? Like taking a shower, then taking a massive shit. Like, is that like a Wasn't soggy? the worst? Like when you take a shower and you're like, oh, I got to take a dump now. And you're like, yeah, I'm just, I'm forever unclean. I gotta, right. I got to clean it, you know? It's the worst. Fucking drenched dangle, fucking soggy squat. Like it's, <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst because I feel like at that point, it's, it, you know what the wor- the absolute worst is? You get out of the shower, dry the fuck off, then yep, take a yep. shit. You're, yeah. you're undoing everything you just did at that it's point. It's just, it's really poor planning. It happens to the best of us. Of course. But it is just really poor planning. You know, you get the bean water and you have the coffee. You know, it, it, it's it's speaking of no man's land. That's no man's land right there. It's a fucking <laughs> it's a gamble. Now, it, it, yep, yep. Now before before I let you go, so who in the band has the most notorious bowel movements and or gas? 
Are you at liberty to say that or divulge that information? No, I would. Uh, oh, that's a that's a real tough one. Probably me. <laughs> if I can uh, point the arrow right at me, I guess. I mean, it's uh, it's a real toss up. Uh, like the point you know, we do have a vegan in the band, so okay, it could be, could be Joey. Uh, it's all it's all it's all bad. You know, grown, grown four grown adults in a hotel room. Uh, you know, kind of just like, hey, it is what it is, and, you know, let it, let it fly, everybody. Yeah. 